Amen. Thank you, platform workers. Amen. Thank you for your liberality tonight. Uh, tonight we're blessed. Amen. We have the uh, fellowship's favorite evangelist here. Yeah. Amen. Our fan favorite anyway. Amen. Uh, I'd say we're good friends. Been good friends for a long time. I appreciate him. Let's give him a hand tonight as he comes to ministry. Oh. Hallelujah. Glory to God. It's good being here in Newport News again. And I tell you what, as soon as I pulled the Newport News, we experienced the ultimate experience, a new wall walk. Can you believe that? Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I was sharing with my my friend uh, uh, Moses back there. I said, you got to try the wall wall. I think I got Moses hooked on wall wall. Hallelujah. He likes it. Hallelujah. Glory to God. It's good being here. And I thank God for your pastor and Mona. You know that you, you're blessed. You say, well, how am I blessed? Well, you got the hardest working pastor and wife. Uh, you say, well, how do I know? Yeah, you're just saying that to be nice. No, you got this. Amen. And I know you, there's many hands here. And even if you don't know how to paint, you gave. And this is how this all happens. Amen. It doesn't just happen. But by your leadership with Pastor and Pastor Dion and, and all what's going on here, you're very, very blessed. And a lot of work and sweat here and and your pastor is showing me around this morning. There's more sweat and some more work. So if you missed the first part, there's more to come. Hallelujah. So hallelujah. It's, it's exciting. Uh, church buildings are no joke. It's a lot of work and a lot of hours, countless of hours, and more than I even know of how many people have been down here day and night working, putting this together. So, But it's a testimony of you have a heart for people that are not here yet that are going to fill these chairs. And uh, your reward will be great in heaven. This facility will be able to, to be able to do all what God wants you to do here. And there's so many people. I mean, I just pulled in your 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 road here, and I said, man, I just if they get two more families in that apartment complex, right? I hope I'm pointing the right direction, right over here. Uh, you get two more families just out of that apartment, just one more family, just moving here. To, that's holy ghost hallelujah uh that's what god i remember the first church i was a part of the first building in jacksonville and we had like literally right across the street there was like 12 apartments ba, 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 ba. we had five families coming to that first beginning church uh you know that's what god can do hallelujah we're gonna take a look at the meaning of christmas and i'll tell you what i'm gonna put you on a holy ghost sleigh ride tonight hallelujah it 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 is this is my who likes christmas in here well, there's a few people, a couple of you are thinking it over. Christmas is awesome time. It's the best time of the year. In fact, some people even celebrate Christmas in July. I don't know if you ever heard of that before. I mean, I wish Christmas is all the time, all the lights and people putting up. And, and uh, I, well, my wife went all out. We put one string of light on our porch, you know, it's just, I mean, I mean, but you see people with lights and, and reindeer in their, in their front yard. It is the most coolest time. It's, there's something very majestic about it. It's very powerful, different times. And, and I remember some of the Christmas experience I had is uh, that one year, I believe I was about 10 years of age, and I ended up getting hockey skates. Yeah. Some of you here in the South don't know what hockey is, but anyways, we play hockey up in Wisconsin, and oh, I mean, they were the real deal ones, and, and I put them on, and I skated, and I hit, then I faced the consequences, I ended up with big blisters, because you know when you wear new shoes or new skates, I had these big old blisters on my feet, but I love those skates, and I remember this Christmas day, I remember one Christmas, I ended up with a magic set. 
and it had about 50 pieces. Probably within four hours, they were either broken or lost. I was a little bit too young to get the magic set, and I thought I was going to be like uh, Harry Houdini or David Copperfield. It never worked out. I broke every piece, but I have fond memories of Christmas. It's a great special time. Family members, that relatives you haven't seen, come over to the house, and my grandma, who raised me up, uh, she would make these fruit cakes. I don't know if you ever had a fruit cake before, and Family members come over. They just come over, I think, to eat the fruitcake and have coffee. And it was a great, great time and, and all the lights. And I remember one Christmas that there was, we had a real Christmas tree. And as we pulled the Christmas tree out through the living room, we had this carpet. And the Christmas tree was fairly dead by now. And all the needles got in the carpet. My dad ordered me to get all the needles out, and I think it was about three years later, I was still pu pulling out needles in the carpet. The vacuum cleaner couldn't vacuum out. From there on in, my dad was mad and hot. We never had a real Christmas tree again. We ended up with the artificial Christmas tree. He said, no more. Needles will not be in the carpet no more. I mean, they're just woven in there. You're just trying to pull them out. I was about in tears. Dad, I can't get them. Dad, keep getting it, son. Keep getting it. <laughs> keep loading them up. But Christmas is so awesome. Maybe you have a Christmas memory you want to share tonight. Anybody? Anybody? Want to share a Christmas, brother? Cool. Yeah. Because, you know, we we work. I had, I probably had, because I was, now, not because I'm a stable, but I probably had, I worked, probably worked for 30, 40 different companies through the years because I was in different cities and preaching the gospel. I was a working pastor and, and uh, doing all these different things. But, you know, I'd have to really think about what company it was, where I was at. But one thing I remember is Christmas. My son, my daughter, uh, different times. Those are memories you hold on to. Your jobs are, are work and responsibility. They're very important. But at the end of the day, it's you're building that so you can have a Christmas and you can have memories. Jobs and work, they can come and go. But having your family and working where you can bring provision, different those are special times. Uh, those are that's what makes Christmas Christmas it because like I say work money I can't tell you what how much money I made 10 years ago whatever it was it probably wasn't enough but anyways uh, those come and go but Christmas is a great time and the Lord's not against Christmas sometimes we say well how do we if he was he would have made a 11th commandment if he was so worried about us not celebrating the meaning of Christmas and there's a real reason for it does anyone else have a Christmas memory that really grabbed a hold of your heart? Sis? Amen. Uh, young man? Amen. That's a, that's a memory. There's no there's no right or wrong reason. It's just a memory that that capture your thought, uh, young man.
Amen. Uh, young man. Fingers, amen. Uh, Pastor Dion. Well, let's all just go home tonight. <laughs> I'm already bitter. <laughs> Amen. Sounds like an inside job. <laughs> Amen. Glory to God. These are great memories. Uh, uh, but also I had memories. I, I wanted this, this jacket so bad. I, I, I mean, oh, that's what I want for Christmas. That's what I want. I get the, the jacket for Christmas. Oh, this is the jacket I want. You know, like, like well, okay, this is cool. I wear it to school one time. My homeboys make fun of me. I never wear it again. And my dad say, son, why don't you wear that jacket I got you for Christmas? Son. No, no, it's all good. It's all good. I'm not that cold. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Sometimes it's not everything you could imagine. You know how it is at Christmas time, especially. I think they use Christmas to get us new school clothes. I pull up that 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 sweater. Oh, thanks. You know, us boys, we want a basketball or a football or a bicycle or or so. You know, we want something fun or but but another sweater. Oh. Okay. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> but anyways, and and I and I remember my aunt. She she would have a Christmas tree. It looked like a silver bullet because she put so much tinsel on it, and uh, and all these great memories of this time of the year. But but with all that being said, that this is the greatest time of the year because even a person like Mr. Scrooge, or even someone like Wicked as Pharaoh, or even someone mean as is uh, uh, the Grinch himself. There's something that happens during this time of the year. How in the world does a guy that owns a company can be so mean all year long, and then when it comes right to Christmas, gives you a Christmas bonus, uh, yeah. gives you extra in your paycheck, or gives you a turkey, or give you? It's and and you know however way you have your traditional Christmas, if you open your gifts Christmas Eve or Christmas morning, that's not the whole point. But this whole season, these next couple of weeks is a wonderful time because something happens during this time that no other time in the year and almost anywhere in the world. I know the Puerto Rican people. Uh, if you ever someone from Puerto Rico, they know that you uh, celebrate Christmas different. It's the three wise men. And then you go door to door. But it's the whole thing is you're, you're celebrating. You're coming together. Then you go to someone else's house. And all of a sudden it keeps adding up. Before long, you got 20 people in your living room. But it's a beautiful thing. It's, it's connecting with one. And it's far more than just that temporal gift. But it's coming together, love and the joy. And there's giving. Well, in our Bibles tonight, Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2, it gives a very, very powerful account. The greatest God. Now, you see, God's word is not even the living word. Of course it is. But also it's a historical book. Now, the Holy Ghost could have set... We could have left, he could have left us in mystery with dead to right about how the Lord was born in this world. But the Lord is very detailed, gives us all understanding revelation where we can have confidence and we can be steadfast in our convictions on who this one is named Jesus. 
And it breaks it down in the Gospel of Luke chapter 2. And also it tells about in Matthew. But the whole point is, you got to remember, this is a very dark time in the world. Very, very dark time. Rome was in charge. And they weren't nice to mess with. They were very mean. They were very ferocious. They want to tax you. They want more taxes. And it's just a very, very hard time of living. You didn't mess with the Rome. You didn't mess with the Roman army. So during this time, that what's taking place is that, that God's going to bring in. He turns to, to his son and say, will you go and he's willing to go. He's willing to leave heaven to come into this earth and come in a form, not just to walk from the heaven scene into a manifestation of a body, but he's willing to come in the most feeble, most smallest form is a baby. Can you imagine? A baby has to be helped, being fed, but he's willing to take on this, this responsibility and come in this form and through the virgin birth of Mary, which is a supernatural birth, the Holy Ghost comes in and is a divine thing. This name, Jesus, the Son of God, is going to be placed there in a Mary's womb. And all this is going to take place. And the Bible tells us, we're at, way back in the Far East, could have been all the way over to China, we do not know. There are these traveling wise men, and we always say three. It could have been more or less, but that's not what we're going into tonight. But anyways, this whole caravan, they say it could have been up to 1,000 people, maybe 1,200 people coming with this caravan. And as these people are traveling, they're come from a far east by a, being led by what? A star. So here God, the creator, thought it was so important that he wanted to bring other people, other authority people to come to honor what? The King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. And as they're coming, and then we also know, we're going to read about here in a moment, there's these shepherds there in the valley. Now the time period, the month, the week, the day, and all what's happening. Uh, but, but the whole point we can grab a hold of tonight, that as, as these angels come in this valley with a shepherd, you can imagine that night, it's just another night. They see the stars, they see this, and all of a sudden these angels come ripping through. It was like Star Wars. Woo! They give him praise. I mean, they're echoing, they're singing it lights up the whole valley like it's daytime i mean a host of angels coming through you can only imagine this great celebration that a newborn king is born into the world and these shepherds are totally i mean you can imagine they're singing praise glory to the king of the highest high but we're going to take a look at it here in luke chapter 2 Luke chapter 2, verse 1, we're going to read in verse 1. It says, It came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. The census first took place while Cornelius was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into the Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house of lineage of David to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with a child. So it was while they were there, the days were completed 
for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling clothes, laid him in the manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out of the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day the city of David, a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in the manger. Verse 13, And suddenly there was with the angel of multitudes a heavenly host praising God, saying, Glory to God the highest on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. So it was when the angels had gone away from them to heaven, and the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. We'll stop right there. We're taking a look at tonight, the first Christmas, the first celebration of the newborn king. Oh, if I could have been there. That would be a glory. If I could own, Lord, if I could only been shepherd, see the born child. And why was he in a manger? Because when they came by, they wanted a place to stay. Now, now, just backing up a moment. My wife, she was pregnant twice with my son and daughter. Both times we did not know when that child's coming. You hear what I'm saying? In fact, when I drove the truck or car and she was in it, she didn't want me to go over the railroad tracks too hard because she felt she was going to have the baby. She said, slow down. You, you know, the closer we got, she did not, I mean, every little bump. Now, during this time, Joseph and Mary lived in Nazareth. Now, picture over here, we'll say over here is Nazareth. Jerusalem is way down here. They're not close. Bethlehem is probably right over here. And they've been ordered by Rome to do what? What were they ordered to Rome to do what? Pay taxes. What else? Census. So you better listen to Rome. So they had to travel from Nazareth all the way down to Jerusalem. And as they traveled, can you imagine? We'll just say our sister Mary was what? Maybe on a donkey. It wasn't easy traveling. You go there today, even on a bus, it's still not easy traveling. It's like this. It's all rocky. It's hilly. It's up and down. And you can only imagine. And as she's going along, okay, I got to go with Joseph. Here they're traveling. And here she's pregnant. Now, you can only imagine. Joseph could have lots of things could have happened. Joseph could have said, no, nah, we're not going to go. Forget about Rome. My wife is pregnant. Would he have been right or wrong? But no. He said, Mary, we got to go down there. And as they traveled all the way down to where? All of a sudden she says, this is it. You can imagine, closer it got to my wife when she was pregnant, that baby started kicking. You could, I mean, it was like a volcano. I mean, just it started kicking. And, and all of a sudden, here they are. They're at this, this place. They, well, maybe we can go to this inn and you can have the baby. Or you can rest for a while before we go into Jerusalem. Jerusalem and, and Bethlehem are only about 2.5 miles away. You and me could walk there, but they're that close to Jerusalem. But where they stop? Bethlehem. And here Mary is going to have, and the aunt said, no, we have no room, but you can stay out in the manger. Now, I'll guarantee if we could interview that innkeeper tonight, he would have said, Mama Mia, I didn't know it was the Lord. I would have, have told everyone in the inn, get out, get out. It's the king of kings. 
but he didn't know. He says, no. I mean, a pregnant woman, I think wouldn't some of us have a heart say, we're going to make room. You can even have my room tonight. Whatever we got to do, you're pregnant. Uh uh. We're going to take care of you. But sometimes hearts are hard. So she gets, she goes out to the manger, and here we are. Now, Joseph didn't say, well, we got to fulfill the Bible prophecy of Isaiah. So we got to stop here so this prophecy is fulfilled. There was nothing like that. See, there's lots of Old Testament scriptures tonight that tell us all the events. It tells us, it tells us what tribe the king of kings will be born. It tells us what city. It tells us even that it's going to be born with a virgin birth. It tells us all these details from Micah telling us 5-2 that's going to be in Bethlehem, going all the way back to Genesis, that there's a king, there's a Messiah. Even, even all these things the Jewish people are looking for, because don't you remember when Andrew met Jesus, what did he go say to his brother? Someone help me? What did Andrew tell his brother? Does anyone know who Andrew's brother is? <laughs> huh? That's right. Andrew said what? So they were looking for the Messiah. There was an expectation in some people's lives. So they were looking for the Messiah. So here it is, as, as you can imagine, that uh, uh, you think what? You think every Levite priest would be there for the birth of Christ? You think every rabbi would be there for the birth of Christ? But none of them were there. None of them were there. Not even the innkeeper. He probably didn't even go out back. Let her have the baby. No one was there. But here God has to reach his way over to the east and bring this big caravan to come to what? Worship the king of kings. And we know they brought wonderful, wonderful gifts for the king of kings, the Lord of lords. Gifts for a king that's come into this world. And the angels bring a choir to these shepherds. And then without, it says, Without haste, these shepherds stopped what they were doing and immediately went to where the manger seemed to be a part of this worship. But the point is, is that everyone, all the Levite priests, all the people that knew, they knew it, they were living it, they, they thought this, they, they, they breathed it, they should have known. They should have known. Now, I picture myself, if I was the chief priest... This is Brian speaking. You know what I'd do? I'd say, Zechariah, you watch the south gate in Bethlehem. And you know what? Uh, you know, Haggai, you watch the east gate. And you know what? Joel, you watch the north. I'd have a guard on each part of the Bethlehem. It's a small little city. It's still a small. We're going to watch every gate and every door. And if you see anybody, any woman that even looks pregnant, you give me a call and I'm going to go there. We're not going to miss this event. We're going to be right there. And we're not going to let, uh, not on my watch. This ain't going to happen. The King of Kings, if this is where the Messiah, the Bible, Isaiah tells us, it tells us this is what we've been waiting for. It's not going to happen my watch, and we're going to be there, we're going to celebrate, we're going to honor the King of Kings, but there was no one there. No one was there. It was just a manger scene. There might have been a donkey in the back. Then the shepherds come, and then we'll just say the wise men came and gave their gifts, and, and it's great. But where was the Levites? Where the Jewish people? They knew all the prophecies. They knew all the prophecies, but they missed it. They missed the greatest birth. They missed the greatest birth of all time, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ coming into the world. 
They missed it. I say to you tonight, our King of Kings, Lord of Lords, he's going to come back. It's not going to be in a manger scene. It's not going to be with just the shepherds. But he's going to come back for people that are looking for him with a spiritual eye. The Bible talks about this great return. It tells about it. We don't know the day or the hour. Jesus even tells us this when he was on earth. You will not know the day or the hour. But you say, well, tomorrow won't be, it won't happen because my refrigerator is full and I got a few bucks to pay for the high prices of gas. I got this going on and, you know, my job looks pretty good. We got pretty much, the Bible says you think not the hour. Don't think that, well, the day the Lord will come back when there's a long food line and there's all the stores are emptied out. Don't, you will not think the hour. And here, us Americans, more so, we can get seduced because we can be drunken in this world. Not, not physically drunk, but drunken with everything's peace. The football game is on and everything else is normal. Everything seems like it is. My Google works. Everything, so it's a happy world. My cell phone is on. I'm happy, so everyone should be happy. So, Lord, you can take your time. But, but Jesus says you'll think not the hour. In fact, he breaks it down. It'll be like the days of Lot. Where was Lot hanging out at? Sodom and Gomorrah. There weren't good things going on there. And he also says it'll be like the days of Noah. And those things weren't happening too good there either. They, they didn't have no time for God. It, it breaks my heart when I'm going from city to city and I'm going to preach for a different church or here or go there. But when I'm going and arriving at that church, hundreds of cars all pass by. All the people that I know, not hundreds and hundreds of people that I know that Sunday morning, they're not going to be in church. And you pass them too, especially here in the Hampton Roads. For you to get wherever you live at to get here on a Sunday morning, look at all the cars that are still in their parking lot. Or even if you live in an apartment complex, people above you, people below you, people next to you, you know they're not going to be in church Sunday morning or next week or the week after. That's the world we live in. Jesus says you'll think not the hour, and all these signs will be eating there's no shortage of food. They'll be drinking. They'll be building. They'll be selling. And we're going to continue. We need to get people in church here married. Hallelujah. Don't say, well, don't, no, 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 don't, don't do that. No, no, that's a good thing to get married and, and celebration. But the whole thing is that what Jesus is telling us is that that's what people are just giving their lives to. People spend $20,000 on a wedding. People spend $20,000. They, they have this show that girls will, will, will pick the dress. Well, they call it uh, either buy it or or keep or what is it? Yeah, yes to the dress. My sister, she'd watch it for hours because she wanted her daughter to get married, and uh, her my niece's boyfriend never asked her. But my my sister passed away two weeks ago. But she'd watch it for two hours. She'd watch it for hours, countless. All she wanted in life before she passed away was see her daughter get married. She had LAS, which is Lou Gehrig's disease. I don't know if anyone's familiar with it. So, uh, but anyways, that's all she. But she watched hours and hours of, of say yes to the dress. That she, I mean, that's all. That's one of her dreams. That, but obviously she, she passed away. But this is the world we live in, where our hearts need to be ready for His return. Now we say all that. Remember. The first time when the Lord Jesus came in, 
The whole so-called church missed it. All the rabbis and all the Levites, even though it talks about Bible prophecy in Genesis about this one, they remember, they were looking for the Messiah too, and they still missed it. Some of them were. And maybe some of the rabbis and priests and, and, and the higher-ups maybe didn't want Jesus to come. Just saying. Because they like their position. They like their authority. They like their manipulation of the people. But how about you tonight? Are you ready for his return? Are you ready? Are you ready? See, I need someone to help me tonight with a scripture. Who can read real real good? Or maybe who can just read? <laughs> Sis, if you can read John 3.16. See, one thing in our house growing up, uh, you know, all Christmas I know may not be all the way we planned. One Christmas, remember my grandma raised me up. I remember sitting at the Christmas time dinner, and she used to sit to my right. She wasn't there that Christmas. Because on Christmas Eve, she had to go to the hospital, ICU, for her heart. So I know every Christmas is not all the way we plan it. And... But, but thank God we can understand the meaning. If you can read John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Hallelujah. Amen. He gave what? He gave us the greatest gift. And that's what I really believe that permeates this whole season. And I understand different traditions and different kinds, but... I think even the unsaved can't explain it all. They know it, but they don't know it, but they don't want to receive But I understand. But there's a great, how in the world do you get a crooked old boss man, give you a pay raise or give you more money or give you a bonus at this time of the year? It's the spirit of God. There's a giving. There's, it's infectious that it's given one to another. It's very, very powerful time of the year. And what did God give? He gave us his son. Now, I remember when, when I was, Unwrapping my gift and Christmas is over. Taking down the ornaments. It's a boring time when you got to take down the ornaments. <laughs> and you got to take off all that, those lights without breaking them. You know, it's real miserable when you, when you can't figure out. We had these blinking lights. And you can't figure out which one doesn't work. <laughs> that was one of my jobs too. And that was miserable. I hated light. I mean, please don't go out. Please don't go out. I want to have a joyful Christmas. <laughs> And then you got, you know, they come with three replacement bulbs and then you got to find that one that isn't working and then they all start blinking again. I don't know if they made them better today. I don't do lights. But anyways, the, the gift that I know is that there'll be two or three boxes left over when Christmas is all over. Because some of our relatives could not make it or a friend couldn't make it. And there's two or three boxes that are underneath the tree. And I'm looking, I say, Grandma, uh. There's a box here. I'm, I'm hoping her. she said, well, you can have it, but she doesn't say that. Well, just leave it there. A week goes by. We still got two, three boxes left over. Grandma, they're still here yet. What are we going to do with it? Oh, they'll, they'll come by eventually. Maybe not. I'm thinking, what? They missed it, so they shouldn't get it. <laughs> it might be a box of chocolate, you know. It might, you know, you know how to rattle it, you know. You know how you rattle it. They'll come by and get it. But you see, this Christmas can be for you where inside this box, and inside this box is the greatest gift. You open it up, but you got to put on your spiritual eyes, and you can see Jesus dying on the cross for your sins. Because our Jesus was willing to leave heaven, and he faced hunger. It why you say it? Well, it tells us that he hungered sometimes. Sometimes he was tired. He took a nap on a boat. 
he felt the same things you feel and all the other details that you feel and all the different things. And if you ever lived in Nazareth, it wasn't like living in Miami. You live in Nazareth, you say, oh, Lord, you lived here? Man, how quick can we get on the tour bus and get out of here? This place is, there's nothing to brag about Nazareth. That's why even the Bible says what good thing could come out of Nazareth. And, you, and you'll know why. It's like, it's like the Lord Jesus lived here for 30 years. Wow. I mean, he faced some stuff there in Nazareth. Now that, later on, they tried to shove him off the cliff and all different details. But this Christmas, there's a box for you. But the point is, you got to open it up. No one else can open up that box because your name is on it. And you have to open it up tonight. And tonight, we're going to take a moment where you can receive the greatest gift this Christmas. And it all begins right here at this altar where you can open up your heart and receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. This Christmas can be like no other Christmas. You say, Years will go forward in the future, say, this was my best Christmas coming to the Newport News Church here at the Potter's House where I opened up my heart and received Christ as my Lord and Savior. I asked him to forgive me of all my bad sins and all my bad deeds, friends, and God can wash them clean, and you can open up this box, and the Spirit of God can come in your heart and cleanse it. And the name is for you. Just like when I gave my heart to the Lord in 1985, oh, what a day it was. It was a day that changed my life. And tonight, from your saying, yes, I want my gift of salvation. Can you imagine being in heaven? I mean, that is a reward. That is a blessing. But it all begins with receiving who Christ is. Who Christ is? He died on the cross for us since he came into the world. But he's going to come back looking for his people that are looking for him. And through Bible prophecy, yes, we get busy. I get busy. And sometimes I got to stop myself and say, slow down, Amos. Remember, Jesus is coming. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I got to pull the reins like a horse. Oh, what are you all about? How are you living? What are you doing? Are you witnessing? Are you, doing, are you a servant of the Lord? I got to pull the reins on Brian. I got to remember because I want to make it. I don't want to miss it. I don't want to be like one of those old rabbis and Pharisees that missed the greatest return of the Lord Jesus Christ, or I should say the birth of Christ. I want, I'm at the other end of it now where I can have the expectation of the Lord Jesus Christ because there's world events that are taking place right now. Russia's on the border of Ukraine. Uh, there's other things that are taking place and with Iran, and, and they're teaming up. Russia and Iran had joint venture exercises. That means military exercises this last summer. What was their exercise for? To come against Israel, which the Bible tells us in Ezekiel 38 of, of all the things that God's going to get involved with this war. But all these different events taking place, but yet the church can be sleeping and nonchalantly and miss the Bible prophecy, and the Lord comes back. The Lord comes back, boom, takes his church. Oh, that's a day I've been living for. That's a day I have expectations for. That's a day in anticipation I have for the great return. The Bible says you'll come like a thief in the night. And if you're not saved, if you never received Jesus in your heart, if you never had all forgiveness of your sins, you need to receive this gift. It's right there for you. Well, I can't. What's invisible, you got to have your spiritual eye on tonight. But you can come to this altar and I'll pray with you. 
And right now, tonight, God's going to wash your soul, cleanse, and the Spirit of God's going to come in your heart if you mean business. The Bible says in Romans 10, 9, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ died on the cross and he rose again on three days, that all your sins can be forgiven and you can be a child of God. Are you ready for that gift tonight? It doesn't matter if you've been in church your whole life, but tonight, if you died right now, if your life died right now where you stop breathing, right now, where would you go? Well, I don't know. I'm not sure. You need to receive that gift tonight. Well, you know, my parents, they, they come to church. Well, no, no, no. We're talking about you tonight. We're talking about you tonight. Where would you go right now if the Lord Jesus Christ came back tonight? Where would you go right now? It's, it's your salvation. It's your gift. And the Lord God, he's so gracious. Your name is on a gift here at this altar tonight for each and every one of us tonight. If you're not saved, he's got it for you. But you got to say, Lord, I come to you humbly. I've loved the wrong things in this world. I embrace the wrong things in this world. And you want that prayer tonight? You can raise your hand and say, yes, I want that prayer. I want Jesus as my Lord and Savior. We'll pray with you. You're here with friends and family tonight. And the most thing, the Bible says that all the angels in heaven rejoice when one comes to know the Lord, when one receives this gift called salvation by the grace of God, and you want that prayer tonight, say, yes, count me in. You want that tonight, just raise your hand, raise your hand. You can bow your heads and close your eyes tonight. Maybe you're backslidden, maybe you're not saved.